welcome to a brand new episode of Markers on the Map. Each week it's games, news, and more from the classics to the current gen as we explore gaming's infinite ever-changing landscape. Check out the gaming adventure on Twitter at Markers on the Map, and thanks for listening. Joy-Cons, am I right? Mm-hmm. What about them? All three of my left Joy-Cons have drift. <laughs> no, welcome to the club. <laughs> That's not a bug, it's a feature, Daniel. Oh, Robert. They all have drift. I was playing Metroid Fusion last night, and I did finish Metroid Fusion, mm. but, like, there was many, many moments where Samus was just running to the left when I was not <laughs> touching anything <laughs> and i use the d-pad uh, that tells you i use the d-pad for metroid fusion and samus just kept we've had this left. conversation this has happened before it definitely has it's ha- this is but now all three happened. sets of my joy cons have drift Here's... all three i went on to breath or uh, tears of the kingdom and link was just walking off a cliff <laughs> the thing is we've talked about it how i feel from my experience a lot of older console controllers, you can grab a PS2 controller, grab it by its cord, full-on, like, body slam it to the floor, and it will still work. You cannot do that with the PS4, PS5, the newer controllers. PS3, like, once once you go past PS2, those controllers, any little thing can Yeah, because I was saying, I have a PS3 controller, and the sticks are so... Like, there's no drift, but the sticks are so loose on it mm-hmm. that it just feels like... You're pushing air. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. I don't know what happened. Like, they, they genuinely making these, like, the PS2 and before, they were like, these these things need to be made of titanium because kids are going to toss them around. And they're going to move them around and bring them to the friend's place, and they're going to throw them in their backpacks and stuff like that. So it was like, yeah, wow, when are things so delicate? Yeah, It's like, is it the quality or is it just, I don't know. I, I don't know because well look I have a third party controller for my PS2 because I got a um, refurbished one you know 13 years ago at this point uh-huh. um, to play Persona 4 and I, I took it out for the first time in in ages years um, a couple weeks ago to try to get my copy of Ridge Racer 5 to working on on my PS2 mm-hmm. and that controller is so quality for being a third party controller that it's just like wow they really not even because like I've had two third-party controllers for the switch that had one had drift out of the box Mm -hmm. um and one developed drift after about two weeks so it's like come on i'm so like i i i don't think a pro controller would develop drift easily or at all you know with that with like as 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 little usage as i would as a joy con but like i'm so frustrated right now because like Pikmin is coming out next month, and mm-hmm. you know I'm I'm doing Tears of the Kingdom. Maybe maybe I'll finish Tears of the Kingdom, but it's just like ah, uh, all three of them. <laughs> yeah, uh, controller quality has gone down. That's all I gotta say because yeah, they seem to break a lot easier. And the drift, I know it's from that probably from that one little teeny missing piece of felt in the 
Joy-Con, it's probably a really easy fix, but I really don't like taking mm. my stuff apart. <laughs> from from what I've seen about Joy-Cons, I've done this. Oh, no, that that, that was the, the, the latency. That yeah. was a latency um, thing with the launch model Joy-Cons, I, I believe, where there was a little square. I have opened a Joy-Con because the drift was just so bad. I okay. And from what I read, you can put, like, some squishy padding or, like, a piece of, like, very thin piece of cardboard to give it more of a of a padding like an oomph to it you know something there yeah. and i guess that yeah. helps it from also drifting as well sort of like a kind of like last ditch effort like if you are like there's no more warranty there's no more there's nothing i can do a- unless i want to go take it somewhere to get it professionally fixed or something or buy a new set and you're just like well, I don't want to spend an extra sixty bucks for a set of Joy Cons if it's just one Joy Con. It's eighty for Joy Cons, yeah. man. It's, it's not like, even sixty. <laughs> if it, if you're paying eighty bucks, it better do something else besides drifting. If you catch my drift, it just better work. I think that it's always been eighty because it's technically two controllers. Yeah, but how? But <laughs> but either way, I've opened it. I've done it. It seems to be fine. I don't think it's obviously a permanent solution. It's just good enough to not go out and buy a new controller until you need to. Yeah. My thing for a while was using a compressed air uh, out of a spray can, mm-hmm. like underneath the stick. That that helped for a while, but I just haven't gotten another can of it. But um, I think my most recent Joy-Con, which at this point is like, you know, four years old and on its own... Um, it's it's I'm due for some new ones I think but I I think I might get a pro controller but um mm-hmm. uh uh I think I could probably fix the drift a bit uh, with a little you know compressed air um I do also have a switch light but I'm so afraid to use the sticks on that but I did put my my grip back on it I love my grip it makes it feel like you're holding an actual controller <laughs> mm-hmm. oh but yeah whoa <laughs> whoa what. <laughs> No, whoa, like W O E, whoa. <laughs> whoa. Hmm. Oh god. W-O-E. Anyway. Hmm. Yeah. What about like W O W? Wow. <laughs> I I heard someone said it's easier to say World Wide Web than WWW. It takes shorter time to say World Wide Web. Yes, because World Wide Web is only three syllables and WWW is not. <laughs> what about WWE? Hmm. Ah, <laughs> classic. <laughs> okay, okay. We'll reel it in. We'll reel it in because we still got another topic to go before our whole deal. See, <laughs> this is not an episode. I'm confused, Daniel. I, I'm certain this cannot be an, a, a brand new episode of Markers on the Map because we're not talking about food in the first ten minutes. Oh my God! See, you know what? I almost did, oh. but then my Joy-Con drift happened. <laughs> like my Joy-Con drift happened. I had already, I had it planned out. I was like, okay, I'm gonna talk about this, that, and the other thing. Um, but no, no, not today. <laughs> not after the Joy-Con drift happened. Right in the middle of the ending run of Metroid Fusion, the last like 45 minutes, I was like, why is Samus running to the left? I'm not even touching the controller <laughs> right now. <laughs> Ugh. Well, yeah, like Robert said, it's Markers on the Map, a weekly podcast gaming adventure where we're bringing back a familiar segment this week. Um, and before we get started, my name is Daniel, and I'm here with my good friend and co-host Robert, to whom the eternal question remains the same as ever. 
How you doing? Uh, fine. Everything's fine on my end. Nothing I said. Nothing's changed and nothing's different. Just everything's fine. How about you? I'm doing okay. Um, little bit of housekeeping for this episode. Um, so Summer Games Fest coverage is pretty much over. Um, mm-hmm. we might, you know, bring up the Like a Dragon Summit for like a minute today, <laughs> um, if there's time. Um, but just as a heads up, there will not be a new episode next week. So there will not be a new episode on the 5th of July, but there will be one the following week. Um, and it's pretty much going to be back to normal unless there's a Nintendo Direct. And let's face it, because we're going to take a week off, there's probably going to be a Nintendo Direct. I think mm, it's inevitable at this probably. point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Um, and, you know, the the general tone of the episodes uh, for the summer, I want to keep it a little lighter, a little breezier with new and interesting games that we've been playing Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a few things I, I might have us do some specials on um, if we get around to it. But, you know, we've got the usual things to talk about. Fall Guys just got a new fame pass. Street Fighter's going strong. Um, both of us are trying some new games. Um, I know Robert's doing God of War Ragnarok, and I'm doing Marvel's Midnight Suns for however long I can keep that up for. Um, but today, I'm... Since Final Fantasy uh, <laughs> 16 will be out by the time this episode goes up, um, I've played the demo, so I'm going to talk about that a little. But before we do that, I went... I, I The way I... Uh, another way I was going to start this episode was by relating a story. I'll make this very quick, because this story goes into the topic. Uh, the, and we've mm-hmm. discussed this topic outside uh, the show briefly. But the, the story is how... I went back to Demon X Machina, and it is the most Pokemon Company type thing I've ever experienced. And it's not even a Pokemon game, and it's not even made by Pokemon Company. It's it's marvelous, and uh, yeah. So I went on on my Switch Lite to play Demon X Machina, uh-huh. and I'm like, okay, let me kind of refresh myself on this. I want to get back into the mech genre before Armored Core comes out, so I'm not kind of like. And this is a similar, you know, series. So I go on and. Cloud saves don't work on Demon X Machina for Switch. It does not support cloud saves. Mm. But on the menu, there's a way to log into Steam and download a save because the game's also on Steam. But in order for me to do that, I had to put Demon X Machina on my regular Switch, log on to Steam, which the Switch makes it extremely difficult because when you're entering like your verification code, it like you have to do one number at a time and then if you click the next letter it puts the same letter and you have to go back and a whole bunch of nonsense i finally gone on after having to like change my password because i never use steam i forgot my password um then i upload my save to the steam cloud great mm-hmm. then i have to do the same thing on my switch Lite. i have to pop in demon x machina and i have to log into steam so i go through the same process then i click okay i'm logged into steam and i click Download cloud save from Steam. No cloud save on Steam found. Uh, oh boy. Uh, I so I. Like <laughs> this has happened before work. Oh, uh, this happened to me with Ghost. With my PlayStation oh, cloud no, save. That, it's look as as bad as this sounds. That was so bad when you lost your file on Ghost. Because like my heart broke. <laughs> It was. It's not that I lost obviously all my unlocks and and all that. It's I started new game plus, 
and it accidentally written over my normal not new game plus version mm -hmm. and i said well hopefully i could just download it off the cloud no it's it was up to date so it, it was the new it game was up plus to date version. on the cloud i never got to because I completely unlocked like everything in the sense of like everything is like I've seen it all so now I can go back and get all the collectibles and and finish up and tidy up the game but nah that wasn't in store for me. Ugh. It's a good thing that's such a great game because maybe one day like you'd have the inclination to like just redo it. Like mm. I've had that inclination a few times. It's it's a good game. Um episode 72 of this podcast. 71 actually. Ghost of the Map, I think it was 71. Mm -hmm. Um if you want to hear our like 2 hours almost of thoughts Ooh, on Ghost of the so, How do we do um, 2 hour episodes? God. It was like it was 139 I think. I don't know. I, I know I, I know 100 was 2, but we did like 3 games in 200 <laughs> or 100. We did a, um, some long episodes. Yeah. Um but yeah, so I, I said, okay, forget it. I'll start over. Started doing the tutorial mission. I was like, man, I really want to get into like the, the, the awesome battle. So I put it back into my regular Switch with my save file. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of where my, my question comes from. I I looked at my stats. I have 100% completion in Demon X Machina. Mm -hmm. I don't have every item, but I've beaten every mission. Um, that game is so confusing. I don't know how I did it. I don't know how I dealt with the equipment system mm -hmm. and all the numbers and stats and the complex controls of Demon X Machina where you are using all shoulder buttons and boost buttons and both sticks. It's it's really mechanically like on the level of Metroid Dread with the hand gymnastics mm -hmm. you're, you're having to do. And I'm like, okay, I played this in 2019, I think, so four years ago. And I'm like... Okay, this is a game I... Like, sometimes I go back to games I beat as a kid, and I'm like, how did I do this? It, it doesn't even have to be when I was a kid, though. It could be something like Demon X Machina, four years ago. How the heck did I do this? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I was wondering if there were games like that for you, where you beat them as a kid, and you go back to them later on in your life... And like I say, as a kid or even just a few years ago, how did I do it? I, I'm like that with God of War 2018 because sometimes I think about Ragnarok myself and I'm like, how did I do that? For a second, I thought we already recorded this question, but I said, oh, no, we didn't. I forgot. Yeah, it was when we were we were playing uh, some Fall Guys the other day. Yeah, but um, man, what were some of my, oh, like, I beat Animal Antics for Donkey Kong Country 2. And I did it, I feel like it's probably still possible for me to do it, but I'm like, how to have so much patience to not, like, lose my mind and, and like, yeah. finish all the way through, like, the original, like, no, no back, no, like, rewind abilities. Um, a recent one is, like, Jurassic Park that we've recently done. And I know we, we had a, 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 um, a, gu a strategy guide, but you kind of do need one to play that game because it doesn't give you any type of objective to do in the game. But surprisingly how much I still remember, but now looking back and I'm like, actually, I don't know if I remember anymore where everything's at. So It's like if, if you put the game in and tried to beat it today, maybe mm -hmm. that experience from like 11 months ago when we did this, you'd be like, how on earth did I actually... I, I think <laughs> what it was, it was like I had all that memory just... Stored in the bag, and then when I finally 
finished it, it was just like, okay, now you don't have to remember. You could let it go. Yeah, it's like <laughs> you let could it clear go. the Get database there. <laughs> um, man, what are some other ones? There's, there is a couple that I'm just like, I don't know how I did that. For for me, another one is Darksiders two. Because, mm-hmm. like, I can go back and beat Darksiders 1 fairly easily, but I've gone back to, beat, to like, try and beat Darksiders 2 a few times since the original, um, I think it was 2012 when it came out, like, right mm. after Borderlands 2. And I'm like, dude, how did I do this? How did I have the patience to do, like, this unnecessarily long game? And then just thinking about even older ones, like 07, I think, The World Ends With You for the, for the DS. Mm. It's so... It's so, like, more in-depth and complex than you actually, like, get from watching it to it's, like, I've tried to go back to that. Um, I tried to go back to it on the Switch, and I can blame the poor controls on the Switch version. It's a single Joy-Con controlled game, but I'm also, like, dude, how did I have the patience for this? Like, I don't even know how I had the patience for Neo The World Ends With You, and that is a great game. I just Hmm. don't know how I had the patience for it. No, yeah, it's... I'm trying to think. I will say, like, Metagross Solid 3, ex- European Extreme. That one, I don't... Maybe one of those I could probably do again, but yeah, one of those is I'm just like, I don't know how I did that one. I do remember I, I it did, like, break me because of the Fury boss fight, and that one really just, like, took so much effort to do. Um, man, there's some because I feel like most games, if I beat it once, I can do it. It's like I've beaten it, so I could definitely do it again. I have one that's kind of the anti example, and not in the not in the opposite way, just an anti example. Mario Sunshine. I was mm-hmm. always able to get to a certain point in that game when I was younger, mm-hmm. and I am still only able to get to that point in that game. I literally get stuck on the same part as I did back mm-hmm. when I first played Sunshine, which was 2007, I think, on my Wii. Uh, oh, I remembered. I remembered the the biggest one for me. I somehow, some way, as, as young as I was, I was probably 13, 12, 14 around. I don't know when 9 came out. I didn't get 9 when it, it direct, you know, when it came out, but I got a little after. I somehow managed put it put it in this mindset. I didn't know there's a dedicated block button in Mortal Kombat. I just thought you had to hold back. Somehow I did the Mortal Kombat 9 100 tower challenge where it's 100 levels of a tower and they get obviously progressively harder with with very with pretty much like defeat this enemy without ever like getting punched to where can't use special moves or your health is slowly draining stuff like that and the last one is like defeat uh montaro goro not montaro i keep forgetting what the tiger stripe one is called mm-hmm. montaro's the horse he's he's a cent he's the centaur but it's shao kong goro and the cat one and it's defeat all three of them, one life, one go, and there are like, you know, every boss battle fighting game, like they're cheap. They they don't pull they don't pull anything back. They're cheap, high yeah, difficulty. It's something that it was a huge problem. I think it's less of a problem nowadays because mm. like Nikali in Street Fighter Five, JP in Street Fighter Six, they were fine. But like Seth in Super Street Fighter Four, I just could never actually I couldn't do it even on easy. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so I I don't know. Like I said, because I, I feel like today, present day me has more knowledge about fighting games. I feel like I can't do that. I'm like, I don't know how I even did 100 towers. I just don't know how. I don't know. It's because it's, it's, it's the mindset. We're thinking about it. Because <laughs> I remember it being so challenging, but like I managed to complete it. And I feel like I don't know if I could do that today. Yeah, that one I'm I like that with it. some turn-based RPGs. Just just to kind of rattle off a few more things here. Like, there's some turn-based RPGs for like Game Boy Advance or like certain card games mm-hmm. stuff. Like, like there's a Shin Megami Tensei like four, which is mm-hmm. great. But like, maybe it's the fact that I've beaten it. Because when you said, "Yeah, I beat it before. I think I can do it again." Maybe it's like I beat it before, but I'm too annoyed with certain parts of the game or the flow of the game to beat it again. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that it might get in, you know, in the headspace of that. But I don't know. I thought it was an interesting question because I was like, "Dude, I've completely dominated Demon X Machina. I owned that game." Mm-hmm. But I was like, "There's no way I can like. What does all this mean? What What does this?" you know uh meter do what does the ice cream do mm-hmm. what why is what what are my characters augments doing stuff like that it's like maybe it's just like i should start over but then you have to start with like boring equipment and you're like ah oh, but i really want to come on have fun <laughs> um so yeah that's just a, a question that's been rattling out of my head and i was i was gonna save it for the podcast but i'm like no no that that like some of the questions will catch you off guard but this one yeah this one needs some more thought so <laughs> i wasn't gonna have us like sitting here for 15 minutes being like, um, <laughs> what game <laughs> yeah um anyway before we get to our segments uh for this week our special little segment uh follow-up to uh, one we did a while back Final Fantasy 16 will be out by now. I've played the demo. Mm-hmm. Um, let me tell you. This demo is the right way to do a demo. Not only does it like do a great job of giving you the breadth of the game, it does sell people on the game. There are many people that have said, I'm getting a PS5 just because you know I watched some videos of this demo or I played this demo at a friend's house or something like that mm-hmm. um it, it, it in my opinion is probably the best demo they've ever released and I hold demos to like a high bar like Scarlet Nexus we played that demo that sold me on the game um unfortunately the game was a little too cutscene heavy and all the stuff in the demo is you know really good example of the gameplay that you don't get that much of however final fantasy 16 is an action game first and foremost there's already like a confirmed arcade mode where you can go through stages like devil may cry speaking of devil may cry it shares a combat designer um with that series Mm -hmm. i know platinum games worked on a little kingdom hearts team worked on a little um this is a different take on final fantasy it's a mature take um, they make no qualms about that from the very first cutscene. It's got a like real heavy tone to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I'll talk about with the game, with the with the demo here, is not not so much story because the game is fresh. And while the demo does cover the first two hours of plot, um, someone who's listening to this may not have played the demo and may not have gotten around to the game yet. So I will not be spoiling the plot. I will, however, be talking about all the gameplay things in the mm-hmm. in the demo. So the way it starts is with one of those icon battles, which icons are this version, this game's version of summons from, you know, the general monsters you'd find in Final Fantasy, in this case, Ifrit and Phoenix. Mm. And the, the way icon battles work is that they're 
not so much QTEs as they are like a different genre of game. So this one's kind of like um, uh, an on-rails shooter type thing where you're playing as Phoenix and you're, you know, shooting flames at Ifrit and every once in a while there might be like a dodge uh, QTE or a, like a super attack QTE. That's all well and good. All the icon battles are different, but they are spectacular. Mm. Like when we say you want the game to start hype this is that type of game this is that type of game where you're not getting a long-winded expository thing or narration at the beginning this thing literally just starts like in media's rest like a full fire roller coaster whatever you want to call it um but then we get into playing as clive and there's a lot of setup cutscene afterwards um and a lot of destruction is happening Mm -hmm. due to plot reasons but then we do flash back to playing as Clive when he is in his teens. So Final Fantasy 16 will be divided up into three time periods. I believe you play as Clive when he's 15, 25, and 35. So this is where we get, you know, our tutorial. Like, But the tutorial is kind of tied into plot things. So as you're doing the tutorial, characters are developing. And, you know, when things start going crazy two hours into the, the plot here, you start you like i legit like got shook (laughs) like the the characters are so well developed that when things start going nuts Mm. in the two hour mark you really feel bad for these characters um the villains have like serious villain energy about them but they're also very cool um you've, you've got your basic attack you've got fire that you can shoot out you can zip straight to an enemy Um, with the firepower and you can do a sword attack charge it with fire you can charge your sword attack charge your fire you can do a dodge you can do a parry you can do just a a hideously long combo from the rip which is not something you know devil may cry can make easily accessible but in this it's like dude if you want to just go nuts from the start from the first combat encounter Mm -hmm. you are absolutely welcome to you can chain jumps into attacks into more jumps into a dodge into a parry into jumps it's just it's it's almost hard to keep track of everything but in in this story segment there's not a whole lot of like the combat and you might be wondering like well then What's the demo really selling us on the game on? Well, after you clear the first two hours of the story, there's a little thing in the demo called the Iconic Challenge, which gives you a section later on in the game. However, it gives you more powers than you will have in that actual part on the full release. It gives you more powers than you'll have in that part, so you can do this scenario and test out a lot of like the intricacies to the combat. Mm. So Clive can switch between having three iconic powers um, at once. So what the demo gives you is um, the firepower uh, for Phoenix. It gives you Titan and it gives you Garuda. So as you switch to different iconic powers, his attacks will change and then his special attacks will change. So like um, Phoenix's power might have like a like a flame slash um, and then, like, he'll do, like, a, a whirlwind thing, I want to say, for, for the ultimate attack. But then Titan will have, like, a block. And then Garuda will, like, drag enemies to you, kind of like some of Dante's change in, in DMC Devil May Cry. The, so, like, if you press circle with Garuda, 
um, it'll drag enemies to you. If you mm. press circle with Phoenix, you'll zip to the enemies. And you can switch through these just with the press of a button. So it's not like you're having to like go to a menu or anything. And then you can get enemies into a stagger state and you can just use all your special attacks at once there. Switch to another, use the special attacks, and you can just keep using them. Some of them require you to like charge a button by like holding it down and then letting go when a meter's um, like in the right spot, but nothing takes an incredibly long time. So there's a lot of variety there. Um, there's accessories that are also accessibility features. Um, like auto dodge if you want to there's like a there's a there's one ring that clive can use where his little dog companion torgal will just attack enemies at will without you having to like direct him to do that because you know you get a dog companion in this game Mm -hmm. um and it's a lot to like wrap your head around in that devil may cry fashion where once you get it down you're like ah this is exactly you know it, it'll be a it'll be a progression in the game but the iconic challenge does just throw so much at you at once to give you a taste of how customizable how how much you can put your own spin and style into the combat here um it even gives you upgrade points so you can play the iconic challenge again because you can play it as many times as you want and maybe upgrade or focus on different abilities so for a demo like i got about three four hours out of it you could probably have a good satisfying 20 hours with the demo alone like it's it's that good it's that it's that like you can make each playthrough of iconic challenge different just by upgrading different abilities it is it's baffling for me you hearing this not that a good demo is baffling the idea of something like final fantasy 16 i don't think needs to be sold to the masses but they are just like ah eh, no we just we really gotta present it in a very positive way and really sell this game because you know i always have the opinion idea of yeah demo should be more and more like this in the sense of you gotta sell someone like oh i really want to buy this game because there's a lot of games that i would would maybe purchase if there was a demo like this where it really sold me on it and i would go for it and just be like if the game is like this then i'm sold and i'll get it again a demo should really represent what the game's going to be about and I remember there being a Final Fantasy VII remake demo that mm-hmm. was also like the first, you know, hour, hour and a half of the game. But like, Final Fantasy VII remake is an action RPG with a lot of emphasis on RPG elements. You are com- sending commands to your partners and everything. But in Final Fantasy XVI, I think the demo is important to introduce the fact that this is not an RPG at all. Mm-hmm. There might be some little stat boost items you can get and you can definitely upgrade your skills but these are things you do in bayonetta and devil may cry mm-hmm. and stuff like that and near um this is an action game there's literally an arcade mode where you go through stage by stage now something um on the on the story mode side of the demo that really just i loved final fantasy games typically have a world map it's like a um forested area in the old games it was like you would go to the world map and you'd walk into like a little house and that would be the town in Mm. this you have a world map but you are literally just choosing the next stage to go to the next area you want to return to um this is not an open world game and that for me in a game of this quality this caliber for it to not for them to have the restraint to not make this an open world game Mm. is i think its biggest triumph like I clicked the stage, 
And I went into the stage and I cleared the stage. And I said, you know what? I like this <laughs> for Final Fantasy. I like yeah. the idea that it's literally Devil May Cry Final Fantasy version. <laughs> yeah, open world is one of those things where most of the time it, it, it's it's fun. But I mean, Final Fantasy those... did it with 15 and it wasn't great. Yeah, it's like sometimes open world is not always the best. Because it's one of those things where sometimes when you play a game, example, GTA... Or even like Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. When it's open world, the whole point is you have basically mostly everything unlocked. Like the world is unlocked. You can explore it. You can do all this. And then the mission stuff is always going to be marked. It's always going to be this and that. And it's always going to be easy to get there. But I guess the whole point for them being open world is you can do anything. There's no restriction. You can do whatever you want. There's nothing, you know, up to your imagination, whatever you want to do. And sometimes there's games that they make it open world, but there is no sort of guidance to where the plot's supposed to go. Or yeah. the plot sometimes itself... Sometimes it feels open worlds for open world's yeah. sake. It's like, it's like, yeah, it's open world, but the main story plot s- strays away from, like, it being an open world where... Yeah, it's open world, but you can't really explore. You know, it's not really an, an explorable yeah. map. It's just kind of you. We're just throwing each mission separately, far apart, just because we want to make it seem like it's open world and you can choose where you want to go. But like in GTA, yeah. you can go do some side missions, or you can go play some mini games that they have to offer in the game. You can do some street racing or uh, well, other stuff that you know GTA will allow you to to do. Same thing with Breath of the Wild. I pro- I will assume that it allows you to do craftables and maybe unlockables and climbing and exploring and, and all this stuff. Uh, like if Ghost was an open world and you explore the map like i said when we it goes going back to when i explained it it's like the more you explore the island and the more you protect it the more it rewards you with gear and yes and secret hideouts and and level up your health and stuff like that see just just piggybacking off of that i know this has nothing to do with final fantasy 16 but i think this is the the difference between elden ring and you know the zelda games mm-hmm the Zelda games, you do get items for, you know, doing the side content, mm-hmm. but they don't really help. It's breakable mm-hmm. weapons or maybe a couple of rupees, but in Elden Ring, it's like Ghost, where, like, you are going to get something either interesting or useful or at least an interesting boss fight that's, like, you know, something that most people might not see on their playthrough if you just mm-hmm. go off the beaten path just just a little bit in, in Elden Ring. Um but yeah, this this idea of this open worlds. Um, I played Watch Dogs Legion recently. Um, I was so happy that it wasn't one of those massive Ubisoft open worlds. Mm-hmm. It was like it felt PS3 in scope. It felt like the open world of like Prototype Two, um, and I was so happy because the the city felt more like a character in that game than it has in any other Ubisoft game I've played in the past probably ten years, including Watch Dogs One and Two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, back back to Final Fantasy sixteen for just a little while longer. Mm-hmm. Um, we discussed this a few episodes back, I think. The active time lore. Now, this is actually like a super genius idea. Now that I've seen it a- at work, any time during the game, including cutscenes, you can hold the touchpad down for a second, and it will give you the lore of whatever's happening. 
If you're not sure where your location is, the location will be there. Any character that's part of that screen will be there and you click that character, it will give you all their background information, um, like what their story is, like mm-hmm. even the the knights that were protecting or like running with Clive to go protect the swamp, like you could get their backstory. Um, you can get information on the enemies. It's like the bestiary can be accessed from the active time lore. So if you're ever at a loss for like, well, where are these characters right now? Holding that touchpad down will give you not only where they are, but who they're with, um, intentions, or lore about other things. Like the like what in the first part, it was like, yes, this area is part of this area, and everybody around here fights over the the dominance of the icons, which are the people that like are attached to these monsters um there's there's so much to unpack here the 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 game is going to be just nuts i'm sure i'll have more to say you know we're recording this before it comes out but like the next episode will be after it comes out i'm sure i'll Mm -hmm. have like an elden rings worth amount of stuff to say about it um but if i had to have one tiny little nitpick about the demo Mm -hmm. (laughs) um the area for the iconic challenge uh, you know the the little area you do that in the the dungeon you do that it's very dark very hard to see uh unless you're playing in like a dark room mm-hmm. it's very hard to to see in the demo and i don't know if that was maybe the best choice um turning up the brightness didn't really seem to help i will say it did make the particle effect really like pop on the on the boss fight and it, if, you're, if you're looking for particle effects like this is the game for you um but yeah i i, I really am stoked for this like there there was a time when i'm like okay this looks cool is it going to be boring is it going to be taxing and then they revealed to be to this you know action rpg devil my cry type thing and I, mm. I was in just on you know theory you see the state of play you're like okay i'm really in i play the demo this you're is this sold, is game yeah. of the year territory yeah <laughs> um so yeah um that's all i'll say about final fantasy 16 for now plot is nuts even in the first two hours i had moments where i had like goosebumps like straight up so yeah um look forward to more thoughts on final fantasy 16 not your average final fantasy i will i will say that and like i don't think anything final fantasy 7 rebirth will do could top what this game has already done so yeah now the launch lineup returns Last time we did launch lineup, we did the PlayStation 3. Um, I think both of us are pretty familiar with the, the launch lineup for, for that console, even though we neither of us got one at launch. I didn't get mine till like, 2009. Well, um, I, I, re- I remember just obviously because I was there. Like, I can recall what was in the store around that time. And just kind of like that I was fully enveloped in the Wii at that time. I was yeah. like, I did not care about anything else. Because... <laughs> The Wii was my first home console. Like, everything before that was handheld. So, mm-hmm. Xbox coming out in 2001, it was like a year after I got my Game Boy Color, Pokemon Gold, Donkey Kong Country for the Game Boy Color, stuff like that. You know, Super Mario Bros. Deluxe. Um, mm-hmm. So, I'm not as familiar with the Xbox um, launch lineup, but there's there's genres here that, that we know and love. You're going to have um, to explain. So, yeah, you're, you're just going to have to explain. When you say it, you're going to just have to explain it. And then I can give a, yeah. like, would I get this if, if I was, you know, launch day, would I pick this up? Yeah, a lo- lot of racing games, actually. Um, Seems to be that. Now, I, I usually wouldn't associate an Xbox nowadays with racing games, but maybe, like, it was synonymous Forza, with, I mean, with the Forza original. does exist. 
yeah, like, oh, well, true. Yeah, the first party, at least, I'd, I'd be like, yeah, this is probably... But, like, to see the history of the racing games here, just in the launch lineup, um, 4x4 Evolution 2 um, is a racing game with, like, 4x4s. Um, mm-hmm. Not really something we need to go into depth in. Um, so we'll, we're, we're going to kind of skim through some of these and mm-hmm. other ones we might talk about a little while. Um, Air Force Delta Storm is your um, aerial combat game. This was also on the Game Boy Advance, from what I can tell. <laughs> but uh, this is like, um, I, I want to say Ace Combat-like. <laughs> uh, aerial combat, not really my thing. I don't really like like aerial combat. I don't think I would have picked this up, but maybe. But this one does sound familiar. I know there is one that people tend to really enjoy, and it, and it was like uh, you know playing combat. And I, I forgot what it was. It might be this. Game. It wasn't Ace Combat, was it? I don't know. It might be this game, might be not. Because that's, like, know. the popular one. There is one that was, like, oh, everyone remembers that one. And it was surprisingly an actually very well-made game. And that people it really It was Pilot Wings it. for the Nintendo 64. Right? <laughs> and they, or maybe it was Diddy Kong's Racing with the pilot. Part. Yeah, I love Diddy Kong Racing. Um, Arctic Thunder. You, you have Arctic Thunder. I grew up on Arctic Thunder. It was at every Chuck E. Cheese that I remember growing up. Uh, I would take my Chuck E. Cheese token and put it in and get on the plastic life-size child size uh like snowmobile and then you know do very well get pretty far i was you know first place most of the time and figuring out that years later you know months later a year later that there was a ps2 disc version obviously i bought it um but if obviously this was present day in the sense of me going in for an xbox and this was there i probably pick up arctic zone they're just the idea of sort of like kart racers, regular car but racers, snow. yeah, snow racers, even like ATV Off Road Fury is like I would definitely be all over yeah. those type of games. Those type of games I really, uh, really enjoy. I almost like, feel like Four by Four Evolution Two would be your like ATV type game at the launch mm-hmm. here because none of the other racing games probably had that like kind of off road feel to it. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say anything like arcadey and sort of sim- uh, simulation racers. Uh, that's more my type around there. Cell damage, a vehicle shooter in a cell shaded art style. Um, mm-hmm. This looks like a almost like a car combat, but I'm, I'm reading now that it's a local multiplayer type game too, kind of like Twisted Metal. Although mm-hmm. it's probably nothing like Twisted Metal. I've never played or even heard of this, but I am seeing mm-hmm. that there is a Cell Damage HD for the Nintendo Switch for like two ninety nine. So mm-hmm. um, this Maybe. game has to have been popular enough to be remade or you know ported Release, to the yeah. Switch. <laughs> yeah, after like you know twenty or so years. Um, but, like, car combat is something I'm into. You mm-hmm. have to do it right. But, like, most games do it right. It's just aesthetics that I think turn some people away. Like, Destruction All-Stars, I really inherently had no issue with that game. I liked it. Um, but, like, the old, like, Twisted Metal Black, those are hard games. So maybe the difficulty is what turns people away. But I, I've mm-hmm. always had fun in, in the multiplayer setting with with a with car combat game. Um dark summit now i didn't actually pop this one up in the uh (laughs) research (laughs) so i'm gonna look that up real quick okay dark summit is a snowboarding game (laughs) oh maybe i would have picked this one well if i had to choose between one or the oh is this one arcadey or simulate like it depends on how it looks well it's oh one i'd imagine it's more arcadey than anything 
Mm, maybe, maybe if in some timeline, it's line, THQ I published. One. I'm and it, yeah, it, this definitely looks like like an SSX type game. Maybe I would have picked that one up instead of ATV. Well, I mean ATV, uh, Arctic Thunder, but uh, Arctic Thunder. Eh, maybe, maybe I would have picked up. It both, looks real anime for two thousand one. <laughs> I might would have actually. I might just send me a picture of it later. Maybe I'll look at it and be like, yeah. we'll talk about it later. But for now, I guess it's a uh, fifty-fifty which one I would have picked. Yeah, um, Dead or Alive three, a popular uh, installment of the Dead or Alive franchise mm-hmm. that is like, or I want I want to say is, but I'm gonna say was consistently great because I've heard things about six, but it might have to do with the monetization. Um, I loved Dead or Alive five, and Dimensions on the on the 3ds was great too. Yeah, I think I would have picked this one up as well. Uh, I think I did play this back in the day, so this was a pretty fun, uh, a re- like, uh, 3D fighting game, like in the essence yeah. of Tekken and stuff like that. It, it seems like the early swath of 3D fighters in their mm-hmm. earliest incarnations were really good. Soul Calibur two, Tekken two, Dead or Alive three. These are <sighs> like three. some of the holy Tekken three for sure. I, yeah, right. I say Tekken two because I've played Tekken two, but yeah, Tekken, Tekken two definitely. was my first. But people love Tekken three, and I understand why. But yeah, Tekken two was my like first introduction of Tekken. Yeah, um, but when we 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 have this like more classic realm of 3D fighters that seem mm-hmm. to have been more well received than the genre is nowadays, which is not entirely favorably but you do have outliers like tekken 7 and soul Calibur 6 which um soul Calibur obviously doesn't have the the biggest player base but it's still pretty good and obviously mm-hmm. tekken 7 is super popular um but yeah 3d finder for the launch would have been cool to have F- fusion frenzy is almost a, like a mario party like it, it's a party oh, game for sure i've heard of this i don't think i would have picked this up because i think at i that don't moment, either i think i would just been like hey mario party exists on the gamecube why am i gonna get this for the xbox it's like because yeah, yeah the original xbox we have had, mario party at home <laughs> yeah it's like we are, if you, i probably would have been like i'll just wait for another mario party or i had nintendo 64 that has i'll be like yeah like i can just i have mario party i'll be fine yeah big one coming up Halo Combat Evolved. This yeah. this is <laughs> Halo. <laughs> <You know. laughs> no Halo. Oh, I I love the original. It's Bungie a big Halos. big game. I them. I love one two three. Uh, Reach OS uh, Halo three OST. I love the Bungie Halos. Uh, I definitely would have been one of those people that bought Halo or an Xbox because of Halo. I would have been like, oh, definitely getting it because just just because of Halo alone. You've got Bungie. A team that did things for Mac for the longest time, like the mm-hmm. old Marathon games, making a game for Microsoft's first console, and it ends up being a complete phenomenon. Um, where I, I am going to probably say that the hype peaked for Halo Three for the 360 and what 07. Oh, I don't 100%. think I've seen a more hype like launch of a game to where G4 yeah. was airing a complete like event for it. <laughs> It's where the, the trailer G- got yeah. cut off. <laughs> the G- the, um, the but they had a whole entire... Yeah. <laughs> Listen, the, 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 the day of that uh, G4 decided to play a commercial between a Halo launch, like, premiere, like, trailer gonna launch, and then just, oh, here's a commercial. Mid, mid yeah, commercial, oh, you know? boy. Um, but yeah, as far as phenomenons go, and, like, to this day, this is... You know, Master Chief's the character you associate Xbox with. There's been some hits and misses with the series since 
um, you know, Bungie has moved on to Destiny. There's been a lot of spinoffs. There's been a TV show that is, you know, it has its fans. I've not watched it myself, but I've, you know, some of the choices don't sound very Halo to me. Um, mm. But I I played Halo um, probably a year or two after it came out because my brother had a an xbox so Hmm. like i got to experience this i had a few friends that had xboxes they'd bring them over to the house and we'd do like some of the you know i I think there was co-op in this one but it might have been two um two but mm, i don't think the first one had co-op maybe two had co-op three for sure has co-op but yeah one day i would like to just do a ah I wish I knew enough people to do a, a Halo LAN party like multiplayer because it was that was oh, really yeah. fun. I will the classic LAN party. <laughs> um, so moving on here because we still got a lot to go. Mad Dash mm. Racing looks like an on foot racing game with like animal characters. Hmm. Um, weird, weird. Uh, mm. for it to be a full price console game, like this is the type of game I feel like just looking at screenshots would be like a. $20 indie game to maybe mm-hmm. capitalize on some nostalgia nowadays. I, I don't actually know if I would pick this pick one a, out. It, it felt boat. like they were trying to do mascots for Xbox. Like yeah. like a crash type Oh, mascot. I think I do remember this one. Yeah, I think... Mm, maybe I would have picked it up. Maybe. It's a it's a maybe. But It's definitely like not, not something you see often is what looks to be an on-foot racing game. That's like... Yeah, yeah. Nowadays, that'd be Sonic considered R. a unique idea. Sonic R, like, yeah, definitely. Like the only but like, one I know, yeah. I almost want to say this is probably better than Sonic R, but does it have a better soundtrack? Impossible. No game has a better soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, We have some sports games. We have Madden NFL 2002. We have NASCAR Heat 2002. We also have NASCAR Thunder 2002. So, like, two NASCAR games at launch? Uh, um, I guess so, but uh, <laughs> it's like... um. Do you remember for a weird short period there was... You're talking about basketball games, right? 2K yes, and it uh, was NBA two, Live? <laughs> something, yes, it was NBA Live. I remember there being two like basketball games being... But obviously 2K survived and, and Live didn't. But I remember yeah, people Yeah, Live really, was EA, I want to say. I think people really preferred Live. They're like, actually, I think Live was much better than 2K. And then they're just like, well, 2K just won, but Live was much better. Yeah, Live might have been first party... Oh, no, because there was NBA. There was EA NBA, but then there was also Live. So then the 2K was like a third one. Mm-hmm. I distinctly remember there being more of these, and one of them might have been first party, and one of them e- was not well-received, and then it Either just way. disappeared. Uh, yeah, sports games were different. That You'll never see that anymore. Too, well, except for maybe uh, soccer games, uh, uh, football. Look, you'll see a baseball game, but one will be the show when one will be like something with powers or something <laughs> you'll get like a mario baseball game and then, and then nba or uh, mlb the show <laughs> yeah but uh definitely not you know very very rare that happens anymore yeah um there was also nhl hits 2002 um a hockey game which uh, they don't have those as annual releases but maybe once every like couple years as far as concerned um Oddworld Munch's Odyssey, another game I played um, back in the day. I remember it being, like, hard, but this is, like, the 3D platformer version of Oddworld, so mm-hmm. I, I can't remember if it had any of the, like, command these silly little alien creatures to, like, hide in lockers, like, you know, um, uh, the original ones or the remake Soulstorm did. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, Oddworld is 
a charming series. I, I, I definitely call it charming and comedic and definitely laugh out loud funny. But it, it just seems like the gameplay never hits for me personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I would have picked this one up. But the other like sports game, probably not. I'm not really much into it, sports. We're knocking down. I don't know who is into it. It's just personally me. I wouldn't. Yeah, actually, you know what would have probably sold on Munch's Odyssey is the fact that the cover looked like a soda can, like a Mountain Dew. I want to say. <laughs> um. Then there's Project Gotham Racing. Now I've always wanted I to remember, play Project Gotham. I've heard Racing. that one. I've heard that one. But like. The the thing I always get from Project Gotham Racing is there was one of them, which is where Geometry Wars started as, like, a mini game, And I love mm. me some Geometry Wars. Another, like, franchise that for a while was, like, synonymous with Xbox Live Arcade. You'd always go and play in the demo kiosk at, at Walmart or GameStop and play Geometry Wars um, Evolution or whatever it was called. Mm. Dimensions, something like that. A very fun game. Um, but Project Gotham Racing is not a series that, you know, happens anymore, but I've always heard it was good. Um... Shrek, movie licensed hmm. game. <laughs> See, as as an older person, teens, maybe as an adult, uh, definitely maybe not would have picked it up. But if I was a child, which I was at this time, but very young to not get my own type of games. But if I was a little older and I was looking at it, Shrek was you know a new movie out and it was a great movie. I liked the movie. Why not? I pick, I got the Haunted Mansion when it was out in the movie and i got the game and the game turned out to be amazing so maybe i would have picked up shrek and i would have thought it was a really amazing game yeah it just could be one of those instances where the movie tie-in game was good like you always hear that the ratatouille game is like pretty good for a tie-in mm-hmm. game i always liked things like i don't know surfs up the surfing penguin movie for the wii i always liked that i liked the the ds one too it was like a racing game and like mm-hmm. shark tale for the game boy advance i enjoyed as like a like a it's not a platformer because you're swimming, but it was kind of mm-hmm. in that vein. So it's like not all movie tie-in games are are bad. You know, you've got no. like X Men Origins Wolverine for I, Xbox 360, a legitimately good game. I will I will die on the Haunted Mansion for the PS2 original yeah. Xbox and GameCube is a good tie-in movie game. It's not actually based on the movie; it's its own separate yeah. idea on the ride, and it's an actual good game. So not all tie-in movie games are bad. Yeah, not all movie tie-ins are bad. Um, Test Drive Off-Road is another racing game. Um, mm-hmm. There was also Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2X, which was probably just the Xbox version of Pro Skater 2. Obviously a beloved 10 out of 10 game, but man, the Pro Skater series is so mechanically complicated. It's like mm-hmm. you don't realize that when you're a kid. Going back to our topic in the, in, in, in the start of this oh, episode, yeah. like you do not realize the insane gymnastics you're pulling off with your fingers in these tony hawk pro skater games to where i i played uh, tony hawk's pro skater one and two hd um a few years ago and i'm like dude how do i play this game again <laughs> i have to do what i have to chain this combo into uh, what <laughs> um and then finally there's trans world surf um we don't get many surfing days uh surfing games nowadays so it might have been interesting there used to be like kelly slater's pro surfer which was like pro skater except surf um but this was a surfing game for the xbox and looking at some screens like it's it's a simple looking game but those are some water effects in 2001 like they are pretty cool looking water effects um don't know if i'd have picked this one up myself but like i definitely would have played it at walmart or something if or toys r us if they had a mm. kiosk so 
that is the launch lineup for Xbox. I don't think it is a particularly well-rounded launch lineup, mm-hmm. but it has some heavy hitters. I, yeah. It has Dead or Alive 3 and Halo. I'd even put Oddworld in the heavy hitters just because Oddworld sh- had been a thing at that point. Even Shrek, yeah. <laughs> no, but, uh, it, I just, I think what we're getting out of it game like halo did change first person multiplayer like shooters for, i think that's probably the most important game lot. Game. yeah it, it, it's one of those where halo wasn't a small deal it is halo is still it's still a big deal so halo still has some good punch to its name so i would give it probably alone just for halo if i had to pick one game and it was only halo i think i would still give it like an a rating but as a whole package some of them are like okay some of them are whatever but i'd still give it probably like an a rating i don't think it's like s tier like launch title but it's it's Mm -hmm. a good you got some decent games in there you can pick up yeah i don't I, i think the when we so we did ps3 last time um i think there was a lot more variety there Mm-hmm, if, definitely. If if the if the recognizable things weren't exactly like the best they could be, um, like there was definitely some stuff that like is still talked about nowadays. But for this, there is a huge swath of sports and racing games. Um, mm-hmm. Almost feels like Xbox was grasping for something, and they did get it with Halo. But the other games, with the exception of like dead or alive 3 is either we want this to be the place where you do racing games or play madden or you know have your you know your on foot racing thing with mad dash racing stuff like that it felt weird xbox was definitely catered towards the more mature audience that's what um, i always said but um it, it did have like games that a child would want be like oh i want an xbox and they would get that and then secretly and secretly get uh you know uh, halo and stuff like that yeah this this was before the day where multi-platform was super super like common to where like most games release on most games we saw at xbox show or sony's show are going to release on all consoles so it's like this was this was when things were a little more differentiated like your racing game on ps2 at the time was gran turismo 3 i believe um Mm -hmm. and you had well the ps2 launch lineup whenever we get to that one that is considered to be like a legendary launch lineup maybe the best ever um Mm -hmm. but uh, today's all about Xbox. So, uh, hey, and look, if you wait till the Japanese launch, which is just three months after it launched in in America, you play Dead or uh, not Dead or Alive, Silent Hill Two on your Xbox. Which is interesting. I didn't know. I didn't know that was an Xbox game as well. I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, so Silent Silent Hill Two, obviously, like one of the greats, it's being remade for modern consoles. Um, likely next year but who knows it could show up at the end of this year who knows mm-hmm. um but yeah xbox launch sign up pretty pretty interesting to look at that one um but for right now robert would you say we've done an episode yeah that's our wrap up this week pretty much all right so like i said there will not be an episode next week but there will be one on july 12th we will be returning pokemon drip will be back with black and white uh eight new gym leaders to hype up or hype down the clothing and stylistic choices <laughs> um final fantasy 16 will be here we'll got you know some other games that we've been playing that we're going to talk about and yeah 
a lot of good stuff is coming up in these nice breezy chill summer episodes um so as always we want to thank you so much for listening please follow us on our twitter at markers on the map uh where you can find the episodes the episodes can be listened to on apple Podcasts. please leave a five-star rating and review subscribe and download an episode listen on spotify or google Podcasts if those are your platforms of choice and we do like to end every single episode of markers on the map with a world famous video game quote this week's quote really hits you know ellie we really are the connected ventures because we had to get one jab in at Xbox this week. And we will see you guys next time. Bye. Later. <laughs>